Nick. Hello. Nick, we have got Around the World in a Day. That's a Prince song. Oh. It's an album. Yeah. It's fantastic. But we're talking pro wrestling, Around the World in a Day. We're going to talk about AEW specifically because we have been diving into WWE so deeply due to the fact that Mania was not that long ago and then Fallout, Codyverse, and all that stuff. Yes, yes. So we'll focus on highlights of AEW this week. We'll focus on the huge news that Tony Khan dropped on Wednesday night, and then we'll recommend a couple things maybe you should check out from WWE after. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear and peeking with Robocop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, go home heat. Wrestling around the world in a day. AEW Dynamite. Now, we're not going to talk about Impact. I'll dive into Impact a little more on later dates, later episodes. I'll let somebody else take care of tonight's episode out there in the world. Forbidden Door was the huge news. Tony had an announcement. Tony Khan comes out. He breaks the news that we will have a Chicago pay- well, a pay-per-view. No news is really news. You don't get surprised, surprised anymore. No, right? really. The way the WWE surprised you with Cody was... We already knew in advance. We knew, but then all of a sudden they acted like there was a problem, and then they kept trying to fool us until eventually you didn't know for sure, but you knew for sure. But you didn't know for sure. Yeah, that's also like the, it's very similar to the, uh, if you want to compare it to anything, the Marvel. Oh, it's a surprise. Like, oh, there's totally not going to be three Spider-Men in No Way Home. Except for everyone already knew that they were totally going to be in it because of all these leaks and stuff. Like, yeah, it's not really a secret. It's just more of just like. Yeah, Tony's stuff is never a secret, right? We know these guys got released, cut, walked out, let the contracts run out in WWE or the con, somebody, you know, Last week I found out, hey, you know what the new announcement's going to be? It's going to be Forbidden Door. But we didn't know what the name of it was, but we knew there would be a collusion of Chicago and people immediately start doing dream matches. Mm -hmm. The announcement alone for this led us to what I thought was a fantastic little matchup. So we'll dive into that since we're talking about Forbidden Door quickly, where Adam Cole and Ishii had a matchup on Friday. Friday night. What did you think about that? It's a great match. I love my boy Ishii. Right. And Cole, I thought... He works well with Ishii because, like, Ishii is a brick wall that he can bounce off of. Right. And it will be interesting if we do these Forbidden Door things. I love – everybody loves Ishii. All right. It's unanimous. Nobody doesn't love Ishii. But if you put him – he is a bruiser, but he's also not a huge guy. So if you put him in a bruising match with, say, Hobbs and guys like that, it may look weird. Wardlow, people like that. And he's – but – Cole's a perfect size for an issue to match up with. That you said that you said last night you had the fire hydrant and you had the guy who can do the things around the fire hydrant to make the match entertaining, and that's what we got. Yeah, and also like there's a lot of people on AEW's current roster that can work well with someone like Ishii. Like my favorite wrestling match is Ishii versus Keith Lee. We also now the finish of this. There will be anytime you have collabs between. Two wrestling companies, you will get shenanigans in the finishes periodically because you have to kind of protect people here and there. The the shenanigans here, Jay White not only interrupted the Cole match, he also interrupted the announcement. For first, first Cole interrupted the announcement, made the announcement himself, and then he handed the mic over to 
Jay White, who comes out and lets us know that he's involved in all of this. And that, you know, basically if you're Bullet Club, Bullet Club forever. The super elite, as they call themselves. Jay comes down. He gets the distraction there. He takes out Rocky Romero. Ishii checks that out. Boom, we get the yambags. Mm-hmm. The European European yambag uppercut. The Nakamura special. The Nakamura. That's not fair. Listen. That, that was a script writer that did that to them. I will still call it that. I, he is such a great wrestler. I'm going to call that the Nakamura special to the day I die. Fair enough. And, of course, Cole then gets his last call. Boom, one, two, three. It's over. And we move into now, as the weeks go along, we are, can you think of a top-of-your-head matchup that is just like that would be, between New Japan and AEW that you can think of? I mean, there's a bunch, but if you want to go for like the dream match that a lot of people have been talking about, like, oh, we can finally see CM Punk go up against someone like Okada. That's the one they're thinking about, right? The ones that get me, okay, Mox called out Tanahashi. Oh, it's, there's there's two ace. There's another ace, something like that. On uh, you know, in a quote, that's great. Mox Tanahashi, yeah. money if we get that. And I'm, the one that I don't know that we'll get, but is a dream match for me is Zack Saber Junior versus Brian Danielson. A human pretzel. <laughs> two guys that can really stretch people out, and Saber Junior is fantastic. Daniel Bryan is you know he's still one of the best in the world. If you want to if you want to say uh, top five, yeah he's top five. Top two, he's top. You know he's yeah. he's that guy. You know, and so to put them together would just be lights out, wonderful. Talking about Punk Okada, it's a dream match. But Punk, to be fair, and we're just about to talk about this. We're just about to transition into that the Dustin Punk match. He has been huffing and puffing a lot in his matches. He's great. They're fantastic. They're really good matches. But you can see him weathered. Mm-hmm. Okada likes to go longer. I don't know that I would be dreaming of this match until you tell me this thing is in Chicago. That's if it's like, in Chicago, we got to have Okada Punk. Yeah, he just needs to get on the oxygen. He's just, <laughs> like he just comes in with like a oxygen like apparatus train <laughs> on a treadmill for this one because it's go. gonna go a while. It's gonna go a while, and it's gonna be great. And they're both. Punk's going to be fine. If they want to go 30 minutes, he can do it. They'll just write into the script a couple places where he can get a breather. You know, It'll be great. It'll be great. I promise you that. And speaking of great, Punk versus Dustin Rhodes. Incredible matchup. When you think of the fact that Dustin Rhodes, you know, his breakthrough moments as the young, natural Dustin Rhodes, taxi partner Barry Windham and other stuff, sky's the limit on this incredible performer, that was in the 80s. And yet, you know, he he tried to, he destroyed himself through addiction in some ways. Reportedly, I can't believe I actually believe this, but I do. Vince Russo said Goldust was being pushed. They had decided he was going to get pushed, and the networks shut that character down due to the fact that at that point in time it, things were a little different. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy to me the way they were letting Stone Cold walk around shooting everybody birds, but supposedly they shut down. A gold dust Slightly push. Slightly effeminate man. Extremely effeminate man. Androgynous. Yes. Have you ever heard that story? I have not heard that story. Okay, so Dustin, Bischoff tells Dustin, don't don't cut yourself. Dustin, they were fighting on top of a truck or something, and Dustin was like, it makes no sense for me to get my slam my head off this metal and it not cut me. So he went on ahead and cut himself anyway. He gets fired. Vince calls him fairly immediately afterwards and says, what do you think about playing Vince Vincent Kennedy McMahon? I'm not mm-hmm. friends with him, so I should say his whole name. Yeah. Calls him and says, hey, man, what do you think about an androgynous character? And Dustin's like, I'm all in. Hangs up the phone, looks at his old lady and's like, what? 
what's an androgynous? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And she I, love, said, I love fish. And she, <laughs> and she says, I think you need to go look in the dictionary. Because <laughs> you just agreed to something. Which, and he did wonderfully there. And like I said, he had his issues and he's openly discussed those issues and he's gotten through those issues. And yet here we are at his age, still creating bangers with guys like Punk. And for those two older gentlemen to give us that level of a match, to open up a show on a Wednesday, just, I will say this for Tony Khan, that guy likes to put bangers out right out the chute. Yeah. Stick two guys in a ring and have them wrestle. It is a wrestling-oriented company. JR took a shot over the course of Dynamite, kind of at other companies when he said, imagine wrestling fans still like to watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. During this show, I thought that was it was actually during this match. I do think I've I've, I've had counter arguments to that to some degree that statistics will support me on. However, for our argument and the fact that I love wrestling, we'll move right along. We mentioned that Brian Danielson earlier. They had a six man tag match between the Blackpool Combat Club, which is Moxley Danielson. They've allowed Wheeler Utah in, into this mix. They go out there and they wrestle a fine match. Interestingly enough, it was on the week anniversary of the Shield's last match. As we know, the Shield came to its fruition as this monster unit, primarily wrestling six-man tag matches after they got through just beating people down three-on-one for a while. Mm -hmm. And here we have them wrestling Moriarty, Brock Anderson, Dante Martin. I thought this was great because Yuta was allowed to shine. And he got to be kind of the guy who gets his shine in this and do the extended minutes in the ring. And you also allowed everybody in the ring not named Danielson and Mox to get a rub from those two guys. And it works good for me, and I like the fact that they're utilizing that. Wardlow and MJF, we know MJF doesn't miss. I feel like MJF did a good job of, of... over these weeks, they're doing the whole, we won't let him in, Wardlow into the building shtick, which is timeless in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Bad guy won't let him in. Good guy has to do all these things. And in wrestling, good guys get put in handcuffs far more predominantly than bad guys. It is odd. It is odd, but it is true. It is true. <laughs> okay. And here we had Wardlow wrestling the Butcher as that was the predetermined person by MJF to finally end this Wardlow run of nonsense. But, of course, it winds up being a squash match. Everybody I mean, likes where this is going. Yeah, no offense to MJF's business tactics. But after looking at uh, Butcher's... Uh, like, if you watch... Like, he doesn't have a great track record. <laughs> he does. I love him, though. Oh, no, wrong. I think he's great. But like if you're gonna like I'm gonna hire a monster, you're gonna hire the guy who's still trying to find his footing. Like you know, footing in kayfabe, not in actual wrestling. He's great at wrestling. He, he's great, you know I mean? and it, it's it's a shame he doesn't get to win. But that's the thing. We will talk about this with another character that is a little bit more head scratching as to why he is in, in a moment or two. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about Andrade's match, and you love Kyle O'Reilly. I love me some Kyle O'Reilly. The interesting thing with Kyle O'Reilly, right? We do have a Red Dragon push in this company. Here we had. Qualifier, Owen Hart, tournament match. It's Kyle O'Reilly versus Jungle Boy. I'm watching and I'm thinking, well, there's no way we're going to have Kyle O'Reilly go over Jungle Boy right here. They love Jungle Boy. Yeah, Jungle Boy will just beat him. (laughs) And he was on a singles run a little bit before he winds up getting the titles in the tag team division. And Mm -hmm. I don't understand how it's possible. Well, 
Things are possible. And I think it's a great move. We saw at the end of the, at the very tail end of the NXT run for Kyle O'Reilly, he did get a singles run. It was a little hit and miss outside of the ring. The promos, mic work, things. When they rang the bell, it worked. Mm-hmm. There's this, a reason why he got pushed like against Balor, and they got like two different like high profile matches because when the bell rang, it's Balor and O'Reilly. See, I thought they were match of the year candidates, mm-hmm. and nobody else did, but I did. And so w- when I see this, and then he goes out there and he has this really great. I don't want to say strong style, but it is a strong grappling and striking style. It, he feels like when he is in the ring, he is a trained fighter. Yes. And it works. And he tells stories great in the ring. And he's one of those guys that can train. He, but we got an announcement post-Dynamite, or they glossed over it. Something happened, because I caught it on Dax's Twitter feed, where he said, you might have missed this, but I'm, I'm yeah. going to wrestle. FTR are fighting each other for this Owen Hart thing. Which is a big freaking deal. Well, what's crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Like, I don't think they've ever done this. Like, I think in one of the things, like, first time only, only time only kind of thing. When when uh, Cash Wheeler was hurt, Dax was having these great matches. And I was like, man, I don't, I'm not sure that Dax isn't one of the best wrestlers in this wrestling company. And all of a sudden, Wheeler comes back, and I'm like, man, I'm not even sure he's better than Wheeler. I mean, he's great. Nothing changed. It's just I don't know how far up the echelon of wrestlers these two guys are. They're fantastic workers. And here we go having them wrestle each other. And it's what I like about tournaments, what we all should like about tournaments, is they don't have to hate each other to wrestle each other. Yeah, like the it's more of a thing of, like, I want to win, you want to win. It's going to be, like, a fair fight-ish, essentially. You can, you can tell that story. And you can tell that story in a way where at some point, you know, the the beautiful way they sometimes do this, especially with great workers, is early on, nobody cheats. Yes. And somewhere along the line, it's, it's no longer... Someone does something, they're like, how dare you do this to me? Right. Somebody throws, throws a closed-fisted punch. Somebody tries for the quick roll-up. Something happens that turns into, I'm going to do what it takes to win this match. And then somebody wins, and usually they go back to being friends, or you break them up. I hope... There is no way in the world I break FTR up, but give us sense. but give us that story for twenty minutes mm-hmm. and let us enjoy it. That's what I hope we get there. Now, Kyle O'Reilly, back to this match, going over Jungle Boy, it felt like the right decision to me. Mm-hmm. Jungle Boy has this thing in the tag division. If you want to, there's dissent inside of the super elite, right? And now all of a sudden you have Cole. Jay White's involved in all of this. You have one member of Red Dragon involved in this. You might wind up getting one of the two Jacksons involved in this. And then you can start to really splinter it as Cole, who has always been the undisputed head. Mm-hmm. And then you had Jackson and Jackson going, what are you doing bringing Jay in here? He's not a part of our thing. And Cole's like, well, he's my guy. Don't worry about it. I got, I got control of this. You can really start to tell stories inside of a tournament with the turmoil inside of this one faction, which has already had turmoil in it. Yeah, yeah. Things are not looking great in paradise for them. Now, going to what was a closing match for Dynamite, you have Darby Allen versus Andrade. They've been, this has been a fairly extensive program they've had with each other. I don't know if Andrade has won a feud in this company. Like, off the top of my head, I don't, I don't. Think he has. I think he lost. Yeah, he didn't beat 
He, well, he was with on with uh, Malachi against Cody, and did, did they win that? Well, technically they did because Cody left. If <laughs> <laughs> we're ever talking about technicalities, yes, those. yes. <laughs> but I mean, Andrade has not had. He's had great performances. He's won some matches, but he hasn't really been pushed at all. And here we have all the shenanigans you expect. It's casket match, Sting hiding in the crowd, Sting with a Sting mask on, which at this point it's almost like if I had a dollar for every time I've seen that. But it's always good. It's great. Sting, for his age, again, I thought Sting was done, and so did doctors, not that long ago. And here he is constantly giving us good performances, whether he's in the match or just helping out or whatever. It is wonderful to see all of that. We we get Darby, you know, the human missile, the setup. <laughs> Andrade is so smooth. The finish of this thing where Andrade is getting beat up and still positioning the casket in a way that when Darby gets ahead of steam up and plows into him, he can fall seamlessly into said casket, hold Darby so that Darby can roll out and pin him. It's nice. so good. And you just wonder, is there going to be a point where Andrade is allowed to grasp gold, to become what he should be? I, I, I mean, I don't know. Again, I, you know, I love wrestlers, but I just I don't understand how he's not getting a different style of push. I know Darby's a hard one to push him over because we love, you know, the company loves Darby. I like him too. He's fine. I, yeah. I think he's a good wrestler. My main takeaway from the women's division this week, correct me, you saw the Brit match. I saw the I saw the end of the Brit match. Okay. I'm going to gloss over that. Okay. I thought it was okay. I thought the promo was whatever. I I am not worried about that. She was in Pittsburgh, cool. The main takeaway from the main takeaway for me from the women's division this week was the fact that Jay Cargill got her 30th win. She's on a streak and she gets in there and she's wrestling Shafir. Marina. Yes. Marina Shafir. And I thought the match was pretty good. Not great. But it's, they have decided that Jade is the thing to push. And she is becoming must-see TV, even though the matches aren't perfect. She is a presence. I think that I saw some comments about this online, and obviously, like, whatever you see online is the truth. It's 100%. 100% the truth. Um, And there, I think there's some thing to think about with this, which is... um. This match would have been better if it was five minutes shorter because Jade is, like you said, a really good spectacle of charisma. Right. Very, when she's in the ring and doing her thing, she's great. But she isn't to the point of putting on longer matches yet, or at least not with people that like aren't willing to help guide her through it. You know What I think, and I'll piggyback on what you're saying, what I think is, yeah, it could have been shorter, sure. Do I have a... I watch Jade wrestle, and it's... First of all, one of my favorite things in the world to be, other than being right, is be proven wrong in a way that I get to enjoy. Yes. And I didn't think Jade, it wasn't Jade I had a problem with. It was, I was afraid they would book her like Goldberg as she started coming on. And they just don't do squash matches a lot. Yeah. And so they started giving her more and more matches. And I thought, well, that's probably the wrong thing because you knew she does need, I was almost like, don't do it. Don't. Don't give her too short of a matches. And then it was like, wait, don't do too long of a matches. So now I'm almost viewing her through the prism of like you used to view NXT when it was developmental. Mm-hmm. Right? 
but she's better than that. I mean, she's better than a developmental person. She is charisma incarnate. She is a spectacular presence. And she does have, like, this match, like you said, it was nothing wrong with it. It was a little too long. It's the kind of thing where adding lib is a little tougher for her. But, dude, it was good. Yeah. And Shafir is not one that we've seen do tremendous, tremendous things. This was a good match for her, too. And that's another step in the progress of somebody is when you're wrestling people that aren't elevated above you and you still have good matches with them. Then you get into these matches with some of the people who've been around a little bit, your Serena Deebs and people like that, and you get to showcase who you are a little bit. So I, I, I have no issue with it. I enjoyed it, and I think they're doing a great job in allowing her to learn because I don't think it's really hurting anything. Mm-hmm. And the women's division needs to have time on television. Yes, this they, is also they very need true. they need to showcase something, showcase her. You know, she's a star. Now, uh, Kingston versus Garcia. What did you think about that? Lots of good stuff. A lot of lot of bruising, a lot of fist fighting. I was pleasantly surprised again at the booking of Kingston. I loved the physicality in the match. Garcia is one of my favorite young wrestlers. I see this going a little further because. I, I could see them getting into it one more time before Kingston winds up with Jericho, which is where he wants to be. Hopefully we get that out of the way because I know how big a fan of J- Japanese pro wrestling Kingston is. Oh, yeah, he's a big fan. Let's get Kingston in the Shingo. Oh, my boy. <laughs> right? My boys. <laughs> I mean, think about Shingo versus Kingston and the physicality that match will be. Oof. Dude, huh? That yes. sounds great, right? That's the beautiful thing about things like this, especially the first time around, is you get to totally fantasy buck, and it's really cool. Go ahead. Oh, no, that was it. That was it. <laughs> you just hit it on the nose. It just Right. Quickly, let's check into the Fed. You are listening to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Check out our friends at the Gin Project, the G-I-N-N project.com. Check out our friends at The Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. And now, back to Go Home Heat. What I recommended from Monday, Tuesday, and Friday's television, uh, we, got a, we got a little replay from Main Event Uso, and mm-hmm. I thought he and Riddle really tore it up. Mm-hmm. I, any match that Orton and Riddle have been in has been great. The Street Profits thing they did was really good. But seeing seeing Jay Jay get to stretch it out a little bit on television was good. Yeah, good to see that again. You know, you miss it, and <laughs> and also in front of a crowd, which he hasn't been able he wasn't able to do that first time around because of you know. Thank you, the COVID thing. Thank you, great great call on that. Also, WWE's in ring this week and almost every week. People sleep on how good WWE is in the ring because you know well that guy's really good from bell to bell. Well, WWE wrestling is always really good from bell to shenanigans. Yes. <laughs> right? And, you know, the shenanigans here wind up costing him this match with Riddle. And that's fine because we're getting to the showdown between the two champions. And, and that'll be great. I hated, speaking of which, I hated Finn Balor losing to, to Austin Theory. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not that guy, though, that goes, I don't know why the WWE doesn't push young stars. And then turns around and goes, why is the WWE pushing this young star? Why? But I think it's the, the issue is more of... Finn. Yeah. The, it's the Finn issue of... 
But then again, it's also a thing of like, you would we would like to see Finn move on up the food chain, but the top of the food chain he already tried and missed. It, and even then, if he goes to the top of the food chain, do we really think he's going to overtake Roman Reigns at this point in time? No, but you want to know what I hope they're doing? There is. I have. I have one thought just now, and I wonder if you're thinking the same thing. But I'm gonna let you say it. Okay. I hope that Finn Balor is be, is beginning to get into the doldrums. And what winds up happening when he hits his version of rock bottom is before we get to the Wembley Stadium pay per view. Yes. The demon is back. We think Finn is going to be wrestling this feud match that he's lost. Maybe not with Austin, but you know, he gets into something and he says, you know what? I can't do this anymore. He starts, I don't know if cheat's the right word, but he gets just enough momentum to justify him in a big match in Wembley Stadium, frustrated, mad, and he comes out as the demon. Mm-hmm. And we get that in a stadium setting in Europe, mm-hmm. and Finn gets to shine. And that's what I'm hoping. Now, would I bet money on it? Yeah, I don't know. Still, though, the in-ring action was great. Finn Balor's as good as anybody. I thoroughly enjoy the fact that we are getting some form of storytelling from the WWE in the women's tag division. I like your champions, Naomi and Sasha. I like the fact that Liv and Rhea got a shot at the titles. I like the fact that they imploded and it was a fairly clean finish. And the implosion made Rhea go heel. And man, I will kill to see Rhea align. Every time she talks backstage, there's the purple and blue light behind her. And this is another thing where, like, it's not really a spoiler because we already know about the rumors of it. Right. Rhea and Liv weren't a tag team for long. As soon as they were a tag team, they started breaking up. Right? Mm-hmm. And, but well, not that short of a period of time, but you know what I mean. And then, you know, as soon as we got the blue light from Edge, we started wondering if, and it makes complete sense, you know, fantasy booking, the net has already said, we want Champa, Damien, Edge, and Rhea in a faction, and Edge leading them, and hey, I'm not I, arguing I'm with that. the net on that, right? I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine right. with Champa doing anything. I do think you have to find somebody that can. They've set up the women's division. Becky did a good job of setting up the women's division for Bianca to go on. I said it last week. I'll say it forever. A Cena-esque run. Booker likes Cena, right? Mm -hmm. But you still need that intimidating, powerful force in the way. And Rhea as a heel is that. And she can also, as a heel, lose and come back and fight her again later on down the road. You know, as long as there's cheating involved, you can't be for sure she loses Rhea is physically as imposing as anybody in the WWE except for Bianca. Yes. Right? And I also, I also love that Dewdrop's in, in all this, too. Because, again, you give her the chance to do some of those Cena-esque things along with the smaller performers that Bianca's fantastic. So let's do as much as that's possible. She does have a match with Sonya coming up. Becky's going to show up next week. That's some storytelling that might be cool. Girl, we know it's going to be. Becky doesn't miss. You know, no, she does no. great. Another story from that family, Seth Rollins, Codyverse. Let's go into the Codyverse quickly before we wrap this up. Yes. Seth calls up Cody. Cody comes out. Cody's getting all the pyro still. We were wondering how long it would last. We're a few weeks in. We're still getting the Cody pyro. We're still getting, 
actually, instead of rising from the stage, he now just appears behind an explosion in smoke. He is a nightmare out of nowhere. And the crowd loves him. And, and they, I yeah. think that he and Seth play well off each other. Seth brings his best friend in to wrestle. Kevin Owens whoops up on Seth. I mean, Kevin Owens whoops up <laughs> on, <laughs> on Cody <laughs> up until the point where he has hit all of his finishers on Cody. And Cody has kicked out of them all. And he looks to Seth and says, what does it take? And Seth's like, I don't know what it takes. Come on, you can do it. Kevin gets flipped onto his back on the apron. He rolls off. We get to the count of seven. Seth calls Kevin a fat booty. Kevin says, you know what? This is your fight anyway. I don't I'm want to eat. deal with I'm this. As, as Seth had made Cody go through the same scenario, he went through at WrestleMania. The match winds up great. I get the finish. They teased us with Kevin Owens and Cody Rhodes were going to get a great version of that somewhere down the road with an actual finish. Mm-hmm. Cody gets to climb the the turnbuckle, tell the crowd to cheer more for him. Seth pushes him off. Cody like grabs his ankle at the end. Perfect way to slide into that. I would say something we should look forward to next week outside of the E. Any of those matches, I, I recommend you go look up on Hulu. Check them out. I thought they were good. I also thought that Santos Escobar versus Melo... If you get a chance to watch that on the NXT TV, I thought it was very good. Again, it was good from Bell to Shenanigans as Tony D looks like he's going into some form of faction warfare with Escobar and uh, Delgado Fantasmo. So what do we have to look forward to on AEW television? It's Wednesday at 8, 7 central on TBS. We have the TNT title ladder match. Sammy Guevara versus Scorpio Sky. Something we didn't really talk about. Banger. It's going to come out. It's going to be great. I don't love what Sammy's doing outside of the ring. Love what he's doing in the ring. Yeah, absolutely. We also have the aforementioned Dax versus Cash match. We also have a Philly street fight with Sandra Deeb versus Shida. Hikaru Shida. That's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. And then, of course, we have a 10-man tag. The Undisputed Elite versus Dante Martin. The Varsity Blondes. Lee Johnson. Brock Henson. And then, of course, we have Lance Archer versus Wardlow, which we... This is coming up. Archer Wardlow is going to be violent. Yes. Wardlow's going to win. Because he can't lose until he gets to MJF. Unless they decide to do some kind of, we don't want Archer to take this pin and, we, and MJF jumps him at the end or something. I think that's a good night of wrestling for us. You look good. I think this is a wrap. What do you think? Word. Enjoy pro wrestling. Enjoy pro wrestling. Take if you didn't get if, if you do if you're an AEW guy and you get Hulu anyway and you just don't want to give Vince any of your money, I get it. Just click over there and check out those couple of matches. Sometimes you, sometimes they do good things. If you're if you're a Fed guy, I get it. Some of those matches. Check out check out the the punk Dustin. Dustin match. Check out the Cole Ishii match. Just don't tell anybody about it. Don't worry, we'll keep your secret. I'll keep your secret. Thank you so much for listening. Check out our friends at the Game Project. The G-I-N-N, project.com. Check out our friends at the Daily Smart. You're a one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. And Nick. Yeah. What are we doing? Ah, yes, it's time to. It's between you and me. We gotta go home. All right, we gotta go home. Let's go home. Go. Go home.